Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa. Hope everybody had a good weekend for the 4th. I know I did. One of my buddies is in town. It was his birthday, Jasper Rivers. He's also my co-author for the book, Get Paid for Your Pad, which is all about Airbnb. So that was pretty cool to see him. He's usually globetrotting around the world. So it was cool. Good weekend. But now on to more important matters. Today we're going to be talking about college admissions. But in particular, we're going to be looking at an article that is on the Magoosh blog. Magoosh, spelled M-A-G-O-O-S-H. Magoosh is an educator. He has a company that focuses a lot on standardized test prep. I'm actually trying to get him on the show. I'm in touch with uh, people at his company He's a really cool guy, so hopefully he will be on at some point in the next week or two talking about test prep. But today I'm I'm talking about an article that is on his website that is entitled How to Improve Your Admissions Odds When You Have a Low GPA. So I thought this was such a great article because a lot of times, I mean, I know that depending on what may have happened in high school or what your goals were growing up and all of a sudden something can change. You may not have been that motivated or your child may not have been ultra motivated to get really high grades all throughout high school, so on and so forth. But now they have an ambition, a desire to go to a solid school where they can really thrive and flourish and pursue whatever it is they want to pursue. And certainly going to a good university can absolutely facilitate whatever career path a child may like to to follow, especially if it's a prestigious one or a coveted one, something that's a bit harder to pursue. So today, we're going to talk about what to do or how to improve admissions when you have a low GPA. And I think I think that it's it's really important to remember, I mean, I've seen it happen before. Of course, there are going to be cases where a low or a very low GPA is going to bar you from certain schools. But whatever the case may be, if you're in that position, the past is the past. It is what it is. And now you're going to look forward and do the absolute best that you can. So we're going to read from this article. And then as well, I'm going to throw in some of my thoughts along the way. If you guys want to check out the actual article, of course, I'm going to post that in the show notes. And you can check those out at www.scalarlearning.com. All right, here we go. And this was published on my birthday, by the way, June 17th. A low GPA won't stop you from getting into a good school or program, but you will have to do some more upfront work during application season to ensure a positive outcome. Check out some of our best tips for strengthening your application when you have a low GPA. So number one, master the admission test. 
A high score on the admission test is crucial for students with a low GPA. Schools place more importance on test scores than on GPA, so all is not lost if you really step up to the plate on the admission test. So I think that's really cool because, and of course, Magoosh, the website, they focus on test prep, and you know, as I do as well. And of course, that's that's their expertise, and it is it is true. It's it's a bit odd because you think, well, you put four years in for all these grades and all these different things, but yet they weigh the admissions test a little bit higher, slightly higher, and it's to some people it seems unfair or odd, but it's true. And I believe the reason or the rationale behind that is because standardized tests do provide a nice even playing field for the most part, at least compared to grades. The problem with grades is that certain schools may have inflated GPAs or obviously some schools may have a much harder, basically like uh, class as far as the competition you may face in your class if things are on a curve. There's way too many variables. What types of classes you took? So there's, there's all these different variables, but with the SAT or the ACT, Everybody's taking roughly the same test. They are, it's standardized, which means that you're all going to be roughly in the same ballpark. So that's the rationale. Now, the good thing is, the great thing is, is that for admission tests, there are companies that have been around for a long time and been really perfecting the science of standardized test prep, and there's a methodology to it. The cool thing about these tests is just by virtue of the fact that they have to follow a certain pattern, that they have to be standardized, gives you the opportunity as a student to really master them. You can, they can't really throw that many curveballs at you because it would disrupt the system. It would disrupt the strength of the test to measure people on an objective scale. So that's the beauty of it is you can really go out, get an abundance of test materials, take a bunch of practice tests and practice problems and you're going to be pretty prepared as far as knowing what to expect or what to see on the actual test especially with the math even with the verbal too it's i mean it's the same thing so if you i mean the number one thing to do in this case i I would absolutely take a course hire a tutor do all the stuff you need to do as far as making sure especially if you're in a position with a low gpa you want to really make sure you knock this out of the park to the best of your abilities but you do all this stuff and you, you gather these resources and materials, you can, you can really make a, a nice impact on the test. And then you can show schools, hey, yeah, well, I may have a low GPA, but I'm turning it around and I really want to go for it. So it's a great thing. Okay, number two, show an upward trend. Not every freshman makes smart study decisions at first. While those initial mistakes can leave a blemish on your academic record, that blemish doesn't have to be permanent. Show an upward trend and improve your grades throughout your sophomore, junior, and senior years. And this is really true. I actually have a buddy, one of my best friends, he, he went to the University of Michigan with me. And this is a, it's such an interesting story because he's gone on to do so many cool things. So his, he showed me his transcript from his freshman year in high school, and I'm trying to remember, it was, it was like a point five, he had a .5 GPA after his first quarter, first semester of his freshman year. It was, something, it was less than a 1.0, which would be, I suppose, all Ds. So he had a failing GPA, and 
he told me that he went up to visit one of his older friends in college at the time who was at the University of Michigan. And he went and he saw the school and he thought it was just so cool. And he'd never cared about school before. But he saw University of Michigan and was really inspired. And he came back and said, okay, I have to get into college. His parents used to told me that they used to think that he was never going to go to college, that he was going to essentially work and do, you know, do something in sort of like a more physical labor, like be a mechanic or things like that, which also are great. It's a great career and a great thing to pursue if you have a love for cars and stuff. But they, you know, his father's a, a doctor, his brother and sister, they all went to college. I mean, the expectation was hopefully for him to go to school, to go to college. But anyways, he had always brushed it aside, never wanted to study. And now he had, he had it burned in, in him, that desire. He said, okay, this is a goal. I want to go after that. And then after that, he got nearly a 4.0 and got into Michigan. The other thing is he, he literally, he didn't have very good guidance in high school. He literally applied to one school, University of Michigan. That was it. He didn't apply. He didn't bother applying to any other backup schools or anything like that. It was just that. So if he hadn't got into University of Michigan, he hadn't, he had nowhere to go. I suppose he could have gone to community college or something like that. But that was that was it, and he got in, so lucky for him. And then he went on to get into the business school, which was very hard to get into, and then worked for Microsoft, worked for Vodafone, worked for Samsung. He's worked for all sorts of different technology companies since. He loves mobile tech, all this stuff, so it's kind of interesting. But yes, bottom line is you show an upward trend. You show that you actually are capable of doing the work, and it's going to improve your chances. Now, there's there's a factor that's in play with colleges, grad schools, law schools, that you should be aware of. And part of it, part of what's going on when schools are looking to take you, yes, they're trying to choose people that they think will be successful because that adds to their reputation, to their stats. Hey, you go out and you get a great job. Maybe you'll donate money back to the school one day. So all of these things are factors. But another big factor, unfortunately, is that your stats become their stats. So if you come in with a certain GPA and a certain SAT score or ACT score, they're going to that those stats are going on to their stats as far as what they admit. What's their 25th to 75th quartile or percentile range as far as SAT score, as far as GPA, etc. And those stats are then used to rank these schools in U.S. News and World Report. Those rankings are pretty important. I know they're very important for for law schools, absolutely. Uh, I have to believe they're very important for undergrad as well. So just be aware, these stats, they actually, as much as they're trying to use them to predict how you will do, they also have to play by these numbers as well because they're in a numbers game. They're in a ranking game that they need to try to do their best to get as high as possible. I know at Northwestern, our dean... Our former dean was he was very into the numbers and because he felt it was important and I agree with him but he felt it was important to try to do our best to move up in those rankings and stay at a at a nice spot uh, because it's it, it's good for the school and, and it attracts even higher caliber students. All right, number three, cast your net wide. This is what Andreas did not do. It's always important to apply to a range of schools based on safety, target, and reach schools. But when your GPA is weak, it becomes even more important to cast a wide net and apply to as many safety and target schools as you can. 
This means identifying and applying to schools whose average student profile, uh, sorry, to schools whose average student profile generally match your profile, even if those schools are lower ranked or less well known. There's a book by Malcolm Gladwell. I think it's David and Goliath. Or I think or Goliath, something like that. It's it's a pretty it's a short book. It's a really good book. It's not one of his most famous works, but I think it's I thought it was great. They make a point in that book to say that it's an interesting thing. You would think that at a school like Harvard or Yale or Princeton, what would happen is that the there would be a higher percentage of certain careers, let's say. So, for example, the things that are a little bit harder to go into might be edu- it might be not it might be uh, engineering, might be maybe medicine, things like that. And these are more coveted positions, and these are things that people strive to get into because they're higher paying, so on and so forth. So you would think that at a school like Harvard, you would have a higher percentage going into these tougher fields. But instead, what you see happening is you see almost an identical breakdown, identical percentages as far as distribution across these different majors and careers, which is interesting, but really, in a way, this is what Malcolm Gladwell, he makes this point, it's sort of, it's, it's not really what should be happening. Because what happens is you go to these highly competitive schools and again, they only allow a certain number of people based on the grades you're getting to pursue these different career paths or majors. And and it really doesn't make sense, but it's just every university follows the same formula. The point is, is that it may not always be a bad thing to go to a less prestigious school because you may have a greater opportunity to shine there to pursue something that maybe at another school you would be crowded out or you'd be pushed out from going down that route. So it's something to think about. I definitely think it's you should absolutely shoot for the stars and try and go to the school of your choice as far as prestige and so on and so forth. But there is something to be said for going to a school with a slightly lower rank where you have more opportunities to do things, participate, etc. Number four, share your story with those writing letters of recommendation. Feel free to share your academic history with the people you've asked to write letters of recommendation. Presumably, these people believe in your potential for success. By giving them context about your academics, they'll be able to showcase any obstacles you've overcome in your letters. I think this is great, too. I wouldn't hide it from people if you've struggled academically, but you are really driven and now have goals to do well, especially if you are showing that upward trend. I would disclose it and be open about it and let them talk about it or address it if need be. Number five, polish your other application materials until they shine. If your GPA is low, every other part of your application must sparkle to make up for it. A low GPA will not keep you out of the running for a good school by itself, but if combined with a personal statement filled with typos and a subpar resume, it absolutely can. Ask a mentor, peer, tutor, or career counselor to help review your application materials and give a second opinion. By the way, you can also have your parents help you. If you literally cannot find anybody that can help you review your materials, here's the ultimate tip as far as proofreading, making sure you have no typos. And any, I've seen kids who are in fourth, fifth, sixth grade do this to an amazing degree of accuracy. Read your stuff out loud. 
You read something out loud to yourself, you will be able to spot when you need a comma. You will be able to spot when you have a spelling error or a typo. All this stuff, when you say it out loud, and believe me, saying it out loud versus reading it in your head, it makes a big difference. So try that. You can print it out, read it out loud, and you will be surprised at what you can catch. All right, finally, number six, write an addendum. Some students struggle with academics due to personal circumstances like an illness or family emergency. If something outside of your control prevented you from performing your best academically, you can include an addendum along with your application to explain your situation. Keep in mind though that the explanation you give must be legitimate. Admissions officers don't want to hear that your low GPA is the result of too many late night Netflix marathons. And I think that's fair too. I'm kind of I, I would really only advocate doing this if it was something very, very big, really unavoidable and really sincere because, I mean, to me, I, I, I know that I can tell you I don't look kindly on th- when, when people are making a lot of different excuses. I like it when people are honest and they own up to maybe some mistakes that they have made. So I'm almost, I'd almost lean against writing an addendum unless there's something really big that affected you and you can absolutely point to and anybody would look at that and say wow that is something severe that you went through thank you for telling us so i would really save that if uh, for only those of you who've gone through something pretty severe and pretty substantial so that's all there is on this topic so those are the six things to improve your admissions odds when you have a low GPA. If you're just starting high school or maybe in your second year, you have time to, or even your third year, you have time to improve your GPA. So good news is for you, you can really crank away and try and get your grades up and show that upward trend. And I really encourage you to do so. As always, if you want to check out the show notes, go to www.scalarlearning.com. I will post a link to the blog article that I've been reading from today. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. Would love to hear from you. Love to hear comments, questions, all that good stuff. Again, new episodes are coming out every day this summer. Really excited about that. So please check back regularly. Subscribe to the show if you haven't done so yet. And feel free to leave a review, rating, all that good stuff. Thank you again for joining us. See you guys next time. Take it easy. Skinner, learning, give me that skinner, learning, give me that skinner, learning.